mighty God. Wonderful, wonderful. Man, I'm loving this morning service, but it's about to get a whole lot better. So I just want us to grab our seats right now. We are launching a brand new series here this morning called One Another. And as we go and launch a brand new series, who better to launch the series than our very own senior pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle. So get excited right now. I know how excited he was to share this message around our city here this morning. So lean forward, get your Bibles open, get your iPads or your phones open with your Bible apps. Get ready, lean in, because we're going to have a phenomenal morning as we hear from our senior pastor, uh, Pastor Phil Pringle right now. So let's put our eyes to the screen. Fantastic day it is. I want to give a big shout out to all of our campuses, all of our locations, all of our extension services around the city of Sydney, Oxford Falls, hi there, Avalon, the Avcats, Manly, Mossman, Warunga, Silverwater, Marylands, Bankstown, Penrith and Roselle congregations. You're fantastic. And look, I'm so looking forward to sharing this message with you, which relates to us being together as one body right around this city. And so as we come to this, we're going to have a look at the first scripture, which is in Luke 11, verse 2. And it says, So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The most fascinating point about the way that Jesus has taught us to pray is in those first two words where he says, Our Father. We live in an age where everything is so individualized that it has isolated us to the extent where we think it's just all about me. And so our prayer can easily become my Father. But Jesus put a line through the I being at the center when he said, Our Father. He was talking about you and me realizing that we are better together, that we do life better when we're not alone, that our potential is far greater, even individually, when we're working together with others than it is when we're just on our own. Right from the Garden of Eden, the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone for all kinds of reasons, for mental health, emotional health, physical abilities, all kinds of thinking patterns emerge when a person's alone and isolated that are not going to be healthy for them. But you know, when we get together and collaborate, even as a team here in church, and we find in that group think, we always are going to be more creative and one idea sparks another thought and all of that becomes the mind of Christ that we have, not just I individually have, but we together have the mind of Jesus when we are able to be united together and work together in harmony. So when Jesus says this, our Father, the beautiful thing is that you and I have been brought into a family. It's not just a community. That second word doesn't say our leader doesn't say our captain, doesn't say our president. It says our father. And that's because we've been born of God. In our natural world, we were born because of our father's seed. In the spiritual world, we are born again because of our heavenly father's spirit coming into us. We are born again by the Holy Spirit. 
And so when not just one of us is born again, but you get 20 of us, 2,000 of us together, we are part of His family. That makes us brothers and sisters joined together by the same Spirit and by the same senior brother, Jesus Himself. We have become family. And so if we have not been in a family or have had a pretty unfortunate family life or didn't even really have much of what anybody could call a family, being in Christ means immediately you're in a family. You have a father. The church is like the mother that nurtures us and helps us grow. But we are always going to do better when we're together, when we're in unity. That's why connect groups are so powerful because we are able to develop friendships and relationships and do life together with other people so that we're not isolated, so we're not dropping into caves all the time and trying to work it all out, which is what men do, definitely. We, we retreat when we're in trouble sometimes and, and the more deeper the trouble, the less we talk. But you know, when you're committed in a family to things like a connect group and to coming together at least once a week, in congregational worship, you're, you're brought into a place of communion, into a place of fellowship. And those things are what keep us healthy and keep us alive. You know, uh, all of us have seen those formations of geese flying through the sky and, and, and they're in that V formation. And, and one of the reasons that, there's, there's a few reasons, but the main reason they're in that formation is because they will fly 50% further together than they would if they were on their own because they fly in each other's slipstream and they change the guy out the front so that who's, who's got the, the, he's lifting all the heavy weight for a while and they change him and put another one up there. And you'll always hear them honking, right? Honk, honk, honk. The geese are honking. That's encouragement from, from the others in the V to the guy up the front, you're doing well. Yes, you're going, you're going fine. If one of them drops out, falls to the ground or anything like that, two of them will also go and just sit with that wounded geese or goose or, or, or whatever it has happened to it until it's better. And then they will fly up again and join another V that's happening to go overhead. So they kind of work together, heal each other, support each other in trouble and, and make sure that they're going to arrive at their destination, which they wouldn't arrive at unless they were flying in formation together. And God has called you and I in the church to, to fly in formation together. It's just how we do it. And we also always should have that beautiful culture of encouragement, honking from behind, honk the local pastor, honk the service leader, honk the worship leader, honk the deacons and the assistants and the people in church and, and honk your father and your mother and your friends. I mean, in, a, in an encouraging way, say, you, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. Be positive about other people and we build each other up. That's called building the church. That's what Jesus said to do. I will build my church. And the way that you do it is by boosting other people. And when we have a culture of encouragement, appreciation, and gratitude, you start to be thankful to other people, which completely annihilates any feeling of entitlement. And that was Jimmy. But when you say thank you and be grateful and appreciative and celebrate other people's victories and success, 
we start to discover how much better we are when we're doing life together. You know, there's the picture also of the Belgian horses. I don't know if you've heard of Belgian horses. They are the most powerful horses in the world and they do these massive horse pulls where they're pulling dead weight. And uh, they find that one on its own can pull, oh, sometimes around about 8,000 pounds. Uh, This is what I was heard about. And uh, one could pull 8,000 pounds. Then two, when they came together, could pull 24,000 pounds. You'd think it would be 16, but it's another 8,000 on top of that. So three times what one could do, two could do. So their, their united capacity became greater in pulling. But then two horses that knew each other, that were kind of friends, uh, they pulled 32,000 pounds. Uh, and, and so their, their ability, just because they had a smile towards each other, they had a, a knowledge of each other, they, they had been friends, they could pull 32K. Then they found that two of these horses that had known each other since childhood pulled a massive 52,000 pounds. So when we grow together, and become friends with each other and make sure that we're in unity and that the love of God is in our congregations, in our connect groups, in our worship together, we're gonna find that our ability to pull the weight, to carry the load, to achieve great things is far higher than if we'd ever just to try to do life on our own. Listen to me, aloneness, isolation is a man's kryptonite. With others, we're going to exceed our own natural abilities. We'll be Superman with other people all around us. But on our own, we're going to find even our best strengths are not going to rise to their full potential. And so God has called us not just on our own, but together. And and we live in in an age where, you know, me, my, I is so predominant. And And even in the zone of, Our preaching sometimes is like, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. And uh, I think it came out of uh, this notion that if you were born in a particular nation or in a Christian family or a Christian nation, you were somehow a Christian. And so Billy Graham and other preachers wanted to make sure that people didn't just think that because they had a religious context, and in a religious environment that they could conclude, yeah, I'm a Christian because you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I totally agree with that, totally buy into that. However, God has called us not just to a personal relationship, but to a corporate relationship with Jesus so that we together know Christ and we together are the family of God and that we sense that commonality, that union together, that unity. In the book of Acts, it says when they were all gathered together and in one accord, that word accord is from a Greek word that means symphony. They may not have all been playing the same instrument or playing the same notes, but they were playing the same melody. They were playing the same song. And all of us have our individual gifts and talents and personalities But if we're all marching to the beat of the same drum, we're gonna find that that's where the power is. The power is in that unity. 
in war times, uh, when, when soldiers were gonna cross a bridge, they would say, break, break rank, break the marching pattern. Because if they all march in, in time, they're gonna destroy that bridge simply by the, the mere fact of united marching. And when we together as the people of God are united and work towards being united, we're gonna find ourselves with great power in terms of bringing down the enemy. And, and that is one of the reasons why he is always trying to create division and disunity and to get us complaining about other people and criticizing other people and pulling down. Jesus comes into our, our heart. He wants us to build the church and build one another. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we find ourselves, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be filled with encouragement because He is called the great encourager. So, so listen to me, as we, as we go through this and He says, give us today our daily bread. Most of us have heard that, yeah, when you pray for God to provide for you, it's gonna happen. But this is fascinating because he says here, it's not give me my daily bread, it's give us our daily bread. And that changes everything. That means that my prayer needs to benefit everybody. If it's only gonna benefit me and not somebody else, I'm praying the wrong kind of prayer. I need to be having a wider mindset, dear God, help us achieve this goal. We pray that you provide for us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Recently, we held our Vision Builders dinner. What an awesome night that was. Absolutely sensational. Congratulations to everybody who came in there and decided to be involved in a commitment. Well, that's us together, achieving a vision together. And we're saying, give us, Lord. Our eyes are on God in heaven. I'm not looking to people, I'm looking to God, our Father, that He will provide for us all the resources we need to accomplish this great vision. And one of the things we're launching out in this year is starting the Bible College at Silverwater. And that's so that will help us reach all of the Western suburbs with Bible teaching during the week that will help train people for the ministry. What a fantastic opportunity this is. So when we pray, our Father, we're also praying, give us today our daily bread. It affects every, every sentence of prayer in this Prayer is about the plural community of God, not just about individuals. He then says, forgive us our sins. Well, this is, this is a fascinating point because this is saying, not forgive me my sins, but forgive us our sins, Lord God. We are, we are owning the faults of others. It's like, it's like the great intercessors of the Bible, Moses, and he said, forgive us, we have sinned. He hadn't done anything wrong, but he identified himself with his people. And here in Sydney, it's like, the, the, Sydney has a lot of faults and wrongs inside of it. And for us to just point at them and say, you guys need to get right. That's not where God wants us. It's not where Jesus lives. He, he wants us to own it as, a, as say, Lord, forgive us. The city, we're part of it. Forgive us our sins. Heal us, O oh God, and identify. That's what Jesus did on the cross when He became us. He, he, he was innocent, but he, he became somebody who was sin itself, the Bible says, so that I could receive His righteousness. So intercession is actually taking 
on our heart the, the problems of other people and saying, dear God, owning their problem as though it was ours and saying, Lord, we've got we to gotta break through this thing. We've got to break this power off our lives so that we're set free in Jesus' name. And so the, the next part of this prayer is lead us, not into temptation, but guide us into the future. It's not just about guiding me. Dear God, show me what I'm meant to do. It's about saying, show us together, Father, what we're meant to do so that all of us as C3 here in Sydney are saying, dear God, lead us as to how we can reach all the beautiful people of our city and help us feel that sense of being led together so that we have one vision and we commit our hearts into that vision, having connect groups in every town, every suburb, every, every street around the city of Sydney, having services that are constant all around the city where people can discover Christ, worship God. Lead us into this, Father. Guide us all so that we know what our part would be in terms of fulfilling that vision. And then in the prayer, he says, deliver us from evil. So anybody who's struggling, it's our problem too. And Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Identify with other people. Remember those who are persecuted as though you're being persecuted too. And so he is saying like, deliver us from evil. Even if you're not experiencing evil, we are praying for all of our church that we would see anybody who is having trouble in their family or struggling with sin or having all kinds of difficulties with, with problems from their past or their current difficulties. That's us. Anybody who's struggling in business, anybody who's struggling in, in their personal life or wherever, that, that's all of us. Who, and we need to feel that. I mean, if my, I don't know if you've ever had a bad big toe or a finger that's got a, a splinter in it. Suddenly the whole focus seems to be on that little pain. It's amazing how, how much you use that finger because every time you touch something, it's, it's sensitive. Well, when there's a member in our body, in the, in the church, a member of the body of Christ that is suffering and struggling, we need to be able to bring healing there and be mindful of them and not just ignore them because we're on our own pursuit. The selfishness of our generation is causing so many difficulties. If we could get out of ourselves, pick up our cross and die to that self, deny ourselves, we will find ourselves fulfilling all of what God has got for us so that we're not just self-centered and self-oriented, but we're out of that miserable little cycle of world and we're actually living for something bigger than ourselves, using our talents, using our, our skills, using our experiences to fulfill the purposes of God for His church and for other people. Deliver us from evil. I mean, thank you, Jesus, that He will do that. As we pray that, that people will find themselves unshackled from the chains that have held them. In the New Living Translation, Paul, uh, Jesus says, that we know the scripture, if two of you shall agree on anything, but I love this translation where it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And then he says, for where 
you are gathered in my name, I'm there right amongst you. That's a magnificent promise. And, and the fact is, he brings it down to just two. You can't get any less than that. He was making it as easy as possible for us. He didn't say if 10 of you or of 100 of you, he said if just two can get together and agree on anything and you gather in my name. Well, when you gather in the name of Jesus, you're gathering in the purposes of Christ to win lost people, to worship God, to build the church, to reach out to a lost world. When that is the reason we gather together, that He is gonna be there every time we gather. When we gather in the name of other causes and whatever, there's no promise that He will be there. But when we gather in the name of Jesus and we agree together on that purpose, He is there and anything we ask, He says, my Father will do it for you. So the place of agreement is the place of power. The place of agreement is the place of authority. The place of unity is the place of fulfillment of prayer. And so it behoves us deeply to make sure that we're not carrying offences or grudges or unforgiveness or resentment towards others, but deal with that. Forgive them, let it go, pursue unity, pursue peace with one another. Don't let anything get in between us because when we come together and pray in the power of unity, we will see the Father's hand swiftly move into action in Jesus' name. And I believe that that happens is every time we come together as a connect group, we're gonna find ourselves joined together, looking after one another in deep prayer and finding ourselves getting answers to prayer. Just in these closing moments of this message, I wanted to remember the story in Acts 12, 3, where King Herod had arrested Peter and he was in prison. And, and the whole church, the Bible says in Acts 12, started to pray for him. They all gathered together and they prayed. And in the morning, Peter was gonna be killed. He was chained with two guards, one on either arm. As the church prayed, angels came to Peter. And the angel woke him up because he was asleep, sleeping soundly, took the chains off, the chains came off, opened the prison door, and Peter thought he was having a dream. He walked out through the door, all the guards were asleep, walked out and he was set free. He went to the house where they were praying, knocked on their door, and a woman, young woman came, Rhoda was her name, Rhoda was, his name, was her name. She came to the door. She heard his voice, thought it was Peter's ghost and couldn't believe that what they'd been praying was actually gonna be answered. Ran back inside, said, I've just heard Peter. It must be his ghost. And they all ran to the door and it was Peter in actual truth. My point is, they were praying, but kind of didn't believe that what they were praying was gonna happen. Because when it happened, they go, no, it couldn't be. But it did happen. The change came off. People in prison were set free. And they ended up in the house of God. With all my heart, I believe that unity can even be greater sometimes than our faith. Even if we don't believe, but the fact that we're praying together 
unleashes powers from heaven and brings a people who are in prison and bound set free. And I believe that as you and I find ourselves committed to our connect groups, to our congregations every week, as we come together and we pray in that unity, we will see our city set free, released from prison, chains falling off and walk in their way into the house of God. Let me pray for you as we come to a close. Heavenly Father, I pray and I believe that You'll touch all of our congregations all around the city. That great blessing will rest on our unity together. We'll have a united vision, a united language, a united uh, message, a united spirit and attitude. Now, Father, we would be here to build a church, not to find out what's wrong with it, but to find what's right with it. Lord, and to bless all those people around us in a culture of encouragement, celebration, and appreciation in the mighty Name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Why don't we stand to our feet? What a great message from our senior pastor, Pastor Phil. I preached a message a few weeks ago about we go together. And that message is so key. The enemy's always going to be trying to get us to to be on the outer, to, to to not be on the team, not be part of the team. Can I say fight? Fight with all your might to remain on team. Fight with all your might to remain together. It'll be such a key to your power. It'll be such a key for the power for our future as a church. I look back at my life. I've faced some big things in life. How have I got through? I've got through because I've been amongst others. I've been in the local church. I've been in connect groups praying for breakthrough. I've been together, 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 always together. And it's been the key. So remain. It's in, the, it's in that power of the unity that we are going to achieve great and mighty things. And as we go together as a church around this city, can I say your life improves? As we go together and it's about the Our Father, we go together, we pray for each other, we pray for our city. It's, as it goes forward, we go forward. As this church grows, we get blessed. As people come to Christ, we get the enjoyment. Sometimes we're strangers to us, but they're all matter to heaven. But one day, because we've prayed as a church, it'll be your neighbour, it'll be your father, It'll be your mother, it'll be your brother, it'll be your sister, it'll be someone who you care about, it'll be them coming to Christ on this altar, out at Marylands, out of Bankstown, into the cares. It'll be someone you care for and you love. Why? Because we came together. Why? Because we prayed together. Why? Because you made it to Connect Group. Why? Because you started a Connect Group. We go together. There is power in that. And I can't wait to see what God has for us as a church as we go together. So always opt in, never opt out. Get over the offence. Build the bridge if you need to. We're humans. Things happen sometimes. Leaders let you down. We're sorry. Are we perfect? Far from it. But can I say, keep moving forward together. Let's keep going because I believe we are going to see a city one for Jesus Christ and we're part of it. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. We're going to go together. We're going to go together. Let's sing this song right now as we come to a close. 
when the earth gives way for the risen one has overcome and for every fear there's an empty grave for the risen one has overcome Jesus we will not be moved when the earth gives way for the risen one face shine upon you. Hey, why don't we do this? Pastor Phil talked about honking along each other. Why don't right now find someone around you and say, hey, let's go have coffee. Let's go and encourage each other, spend some time together. Coffee machines are on. Head down to the glass house. We're back here at five o'clock tonight. Enjoy your connect group. God bless you, church. So the